Hi, my name is Lewis Howes, and welcome to The Daily Motivation Show. Today's episode is all about unlocking the power of your mind. Having a growth mindset is one of the most crucial decisions you can make in your life. Mental toughness can allow you to respond instead of react, to be in control instead of out of control, and give you the endurance you need to follow your dreams. The big, the big breakthrough that I had for me was when I stopped focusing on, and this is gonna sound backwards, but when I started my gyms, I was all about building the business. And when I built the biggest companies that I've had and now recently sold, and now we have our portfolio, it was about how do we make the most money? And I know that com- sounds completely backwards, but the only way that you can make the most money is to provide an exceptional valued service and charge a ton of money for it. And because I optimized around making money, I, I started going through for low capital expense businesses because I had lost everything after that five-year stint. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, never again am I going to reinvest every dollar from the business back into the business because I've lost it before. People always talk about like reinvesting in their business, but I realized that that just meant that they weren't making profit. And so I wanted to have businesses that pumped cash flow uh, because I had lost it all before. And right. so I think there's a lot of, like every... Every one of my business seasons, I've, I would say I've had three uh, business seasons. I had my gym ownership period. I had my uh, turnaround and early gym launch day period. And then I had Prestigious Labs, the licensing business, and Allen. That was like my last season. Gym launch was started on accident in that I was like, this might be a way that I can make money. The best businesses, especially in an inflationary period, are businesses that have low capital expenses. So the, something that does have high capital expense, which is what you would not want to get into, would be like stuff that has lots of inventory, stuff that has lots of supply chain, lots of manufacturing, heavy equipment, things where you have to constantly buy more stuff in order to increase capacity, mm-hmm. right? A low capital expense businesses are things like services, right? Services, digital businesses. Uh, software is mixed because sometimes the development team can be considered expensive, a capital yeah. expense. It really depends on how you build the dev team. But the idea is that if you can produce 10 times more units without phenomenally changing the, the cost basis, then you will have a business that has lower capital expenses. Yes. And so that's what you like. And most of those types of businesses produce more cash flow, have more pricing power. And so, I mean, that's what Warren Buffett invests in. A great way of figuring out the highest leverage businesses that exist is looking at the business that's been here the longest. Insurance has been here since before world, the world wars. Right. Bank, Banking. The banks have been around forever. Right? JP Morgan was in the 1800s. Wow. Right? The, the, ins- the biggest insurance companies, they're all 100 plus years old. They're, they're found in the 1800s. And so when you have a business that's lasted that long, to me, that's a great breadcrumb of like, this thing has to print money because it means that they were able to still keep making money through wars, through famines, through depressions, all of it, and they were still able to keep going. And so I think that when people are like, when you look at all the, like many of the biggest businesses that exist, they have phenomenal gross margins. I don't wanna get too like Mm -hmm. business termy here. The the gross margin is how much incremental cost it is to make a new, an extra widget, right? And so like a pill, for example, costs $100 million to make the first pill. And then every pill after that costs a penny, right? Sure. And so the, the gross margin on the pill is very high because if they sell each pill for $10, they cost them a penny. Those are great margins. And most people who are small business owners or people who are trying to get into small business price like small business owners. They say, well, it costs me a dollar. I'll sell it for three or I'll sell it for two. 
But if you're already starting on like a 50% gross margin, it's very, very hard to make mm -hmm. money. Because think about it, like that's at 100, you're already at half. And then you have the rest of everyone else you have to pay off that extra 50. Yes. Very hard to do. If you're building a service-based business for us, by all means, I have to get gross margins above 80%, which means five times the, the cost of goods. Wow. So if it costs me $100 a month, the minimum I'll charge is 500, right? And so that also gets you to, to think about business differently, which is not necessarily even how much can I charge, but how can I provide value and make it cost as little to me? How can I be as efficient as possible? And if you think about what technology does over time, is technology takes something that's valuable and makes the cost of delivering it less. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happens is a lot of people are able to have access to things that were once only for the wealthy, but now become for the common man because the cost yes. basis decreases as a result of technology. And so technology as we see it, you know, like we can create technology, but you can also have technological breakthroughs just through process in your own business. It's sure. like, and that's where niching down and being very specific about the avatar becomes important, especially when you're starting, because then you can productize the service. Because if you're doing everything custom, which most people when they're starting out do, it becomes really difficult to become efficient. And right. it's really difficult to become efficient, you have very little margin, right? Or you have to charge huge fees, which most people are too afraid to do. And so the flip side is, if I do the same thing over and over and over again, I will get better and more efficient at it, and I'll know how to do it faster and quicker and cheaper. And I specifically choose this type of customer so that I can have more margin because there are millions of even this one specific type of avatar. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I can take the gross margin, the extra cash that I have, and I can hire the best people. I can invest in marketing. But when you have such little margin to work off of, it's very difficult to make money. I think technology in general makes things easier for most people. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's just, it's it's increased access mm -hmm. for more people. Yeah. And so I think... To reach more people yeah. at any moment. Yeah. If I were just to use history as a, as a, as a guide, business has only gotten easier to get into. More competitive and easier to get into. And so I think that what happens is just the arena gets bigger. So you got more gladiators, mm. so it's more competitive, but right. more people can walk in. But for the world in general, the more people you have fighting to make amazing products and services, the better it is for society. Yeah. But the downstream effect of that is that in a capitalist system, it is a winner take all for most, for, for many, not all, but for many businesses. And just by the nature of it, that does create social disarray. Mm -hmm. And it's just, but the thing is, is like, it's still the best system that we have. We don't have a perfect system because the other, other systems remove incentive and humans right. are driven by incentive. Yeah. Even the survivorship bias, like every MLM in the world exists off the fact that there's that one guy who makes $500,000 a month selling shake mix and the other 5 million shake mix producers are like, someday, that'll one day be I me. Can get there, yeah. And it's just survivorship bias, right? But that's why the whole capitalist machine works. But like the idea of having a 100% death tax, let's say I have $100 billion, mm -hmm. right? That's interesting. And if I have 500 billion, I'm probably pretty good at managing it because that's why I have 100 billion. So let's say I gain 15%. So you're, you're holding it, you're, yeah. you're, you're not I, using it yet. Yeah, let's say I gain 15% on my assets. So I make $15 billion, right, on my assets. It is so hard for anyone to, <laughs> to make that up in a lifetime right. with just the, and like that might be my kid who gains 15 and the next year he gains 20. Like, and so it, the compounding effect of the wealth is across generational is where I think it gets crazy. But if there were a 100% death tax, because obviously this is aligned with my belief that all of it disappears anyways. Um, so this is obviously Alex's sure. two cents of the world. Um, but it's just basically dramatically lower the income, income taxes. I think income taxes should be like as close to zero as possible and then make the capital gains taxes higher because that's only going to really affect the wealth if you really want to think about it, right? Because people who, if you make with your hands, awesome. Right. If you make on your assets, that's the stuff that has no, has infinite leverage with, with time. So if you trade the most expensive thing for your money, then I feel like you should get taxed less. 
mm. than if you trade no time for your money. Sure. This is like a weird thought experiment. What do you think would happen if it was 100% death tax? I think that billionaires would become far more giving. And as they approach the end, they know they can't keep it. And I also think it would change the way the game is played. If you were to imagine life as a poker game, right? And we, everybody you know, grows up, they become 18 years old, they can go into the casino. And then you get, you get a chip and then you sit down at the table and you're dealt cards, right? And there's all the other players around the table. And depending on the cards you're dealt and the skill you have, you, you begin to amass chips, right? And the difference between this fictitious casino and the casino of life is that in the real world, you can amass chips, you cash out, you have a big wad of money, you walk out the door. But in the casino of life, when the Grim Reaper taps you and tells you it's, tells you it's time, you have to get up from the table, but your chips stay on the table, and they push them to the middle to be distributed by everybody else mm-hmm. and continue to get played for. And that's when you realize that it was a fake game with rules that never mattered to begin with. And so I bought this piece of land in Austin. It was this huge, it was like a big, really, really nice lot. And I remember thinking to myself, like, Got me this some is, land. Yeah, I got me some land, right? <laughs> yeah, I like, own this. this. Yeah, I have that tree to that thing it's on the horizon. It's mine, yeah, right? <laughs> and then I thought to myself, I was like, well, the guy before me thought the same thing. And the guy before him thought the same thing. And the guy before him thought the same thing. And I was like, and we've literally still been looking at the exact same piece of dirt. And it's just been cycled. Even if it was father to son, even if it was family to whatever, like, the, like death taxes everyone 100%. Even if the government doesn't, death taxes everybody 100%. And then time taxes your money to infinity. Because like, people are like, I want to build a legacy. Because the desire for legacy is the desire to cheat death. Like that's what it stems from. It's like we don't want to die. We want to last forever. So we want to make something that is impermanent. And so we fool ourselves into thinking that the accolades and the material success and the books we write, whatever, are going to last forever. And they're probably not. If that is the inevitable outcome, I think it shifts the way people think. And I think that's when you start changing. I mean, Tony Robbins talks about like global global belief systems. And that's why if someone like adopts a new religious belief, like everything changes because the reasons they do and the way they believe the world works changes. And so I think that if they did do a 100% death tax, it would be a really interesting way to see the downstream effects of how it changed the, the way the players played the game. I am so excited for you to finish the rest of your day strong. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to click the link in the description and it'll take you to the full episode of my other show, The School of Greatness. Make sure to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Daily Motivation Show.